welcome to the eighth episode of Biology Beyond the Microscope. My name is Katherine Gamewell. If you don't know already, this is a series where you will hear from different professors who will share their experiences as a professor and discuss what inspired them to pursue research in their topics. Today we are talking with Dr. Katie Heil. Dr. Heil is an assistant professor in the Department of Biological Sciences here at NC State University. She earned her Bachelor's of Arts in Biology at the University of Pennsylvania and her PhD in Biology at Duke University. She is interested in sources of genetic variation in a species of yeast. More specifically, her research pertains to the hybridization and genome evolution and the evolution recombination. All right, so we'll jump right in. What led you to want to become a professor? I think that's an interesting question. Like many people, my journey to becoming a professor uh, is not a straight line. And I, I knew I was interested in science from, um, from a, a somewhat young age. I loved being outside and in nature. I loved biology. And in undergrad, I started studying biology, but I, I wasn't really sure what I could do with a biology major besides go to med school, which was my plan. But then it became apparent to me that I didn't like medicine. And I actually, I, I learned that by going and shadowing a doctor doing a surgery. And I basically fainted. And after <laughs> I did some um, regrouping and thinking and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up doing some research in a, in a, um, a lab at the University of Pennsylvania that set me on a path to where I am today. And um, I think the coolest things about being a professor is that at a, at a university, you're always learning. You're always around people who are learning. I love reading and writing, and I really love working with students. I love teaching and mentoring, and uh, I learn from my students as well. And so being a professor get, combines a lot of really interesting um, uh, ways to work with young people. And um, so I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, those are all very, very good reasons, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a really fun job. And there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of choose your own adventure, I- explore whatever area of, of science really interests you and, and excites you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that really leads us nicely to this next question. (laughs) What was the research topic that you first became interested in? Yeah, so I guess my my first research experience was actually in a small startup company um, that worked on trying to find um, biomarkers that you could uh, uh, detect in blood samples to screen for, um, excuse me, to screen for prostate cancer. And um, that was a really great experience. But it wasn't really what excited me, and what uh, really excited me was genetics. So I um, I had put off taking intro to genetics in school because I was intimidated by it. <laughs> Everyone said it was a hard class, and so I didn't take it until my later in my junior year. And um, as soon as I started taking it, I it just really clicked with me. I really enjoyed it. And I started emailing professors who worked in 
um, the field of genetics and specifically like evolutionary genetics. Um, and I ended up joining a lab, um, Dr. Paul Schmidt, and he works on um, overwintering adaptation in Drosophila melanogaster, which is the fruit fly. So oh. it's a really common model organism, but um, he's really interested in more like natural populations of Drosophila. Um, so if you went out into orchards along the east coast of the United States um, and tried to find fruit flies living um, throughout the year, how do they adapt to living in cold temperatures in frigid environments? Um, so we were looking at the genetic basis of that overwintering adaptation. Wow, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what does your current research entail then? Yeah, so ever since I started working in, in um, Paul's lab, I continued on in evolutionary genetics. So I consider myself an evolutionary geneticist, um, and I'm really interested in how, what uh, creates the exciting diversity of life we have on Earth. So what, what creates and maintains diversity? Um, and as a geneticist, I'm particularly interested in uh, sources of genetic variation, so um, mutation, recombination, and gene flow between populations. And so my work particularly focuses on um, understanding how hybridization, so the mating of two distinct populations or two different species, um, can provide um, genetic variation that allows populations to adapt to new environments, and also um, how uh, recombination, which is a essential process during meiosis, um, how uh, recombination changes over time between different populations and species, and whether recombination is itself adaptive. Um, and we do this in the model system Saccharomyces, uh, mm-hmm. which is a species of buddy, or is a, is a um, genus of of yeast. Um, most people are familiar with Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which is used to do things like bake bread and beer, beer, wine, all sorts of yummy drinks. <laughs> um, and it's uh, a really powerful model organism in the lab as well. So I work with Saccharomyces cerevisiae and other, of it, other relatives of Saccharomyces. Um, and we use experimental evolution, which means we take yeast and evolve them in the lab for hundreds of generations, exposing them to different environmental conditions. And then we sequence um, the resulting evolved populations and try to identify mutations that allow the yeast to adapt Mm. to a given environment. So we get to see evolution in real time. We get to identify causal mutations and um, understand the actual function of what those mutations do in helping the yeast adapt to that environment. So when you when you find this information, how do you relate it to organisms like in real uh, in yeah. other organisms? Than... <laughs> not in a not in yeah. a lab evolved environment. Um so uh so my research is is basic research. So I'm just interested in understanding the process of okay. of how organisms adapt to new environments. But um so, for example, my work, a lot of my work involves temperature, so understanding how yeast adapt to a given temperature. Um, I work with species that are cold tolerant and species that are thermotolerant. Um, so, Saccharomyces cerevisiae is, can, is really adapted to warmer temperatures. And um, 
so understanding the mutations that and the genes that are involved in in adaptation to temperature um, is a really interesting and important area right now as we all know the climate is changing species are either going to have to uh, <laughs> mutate um, move ranges um, hybridize find some way to um, uh, to adapt to really rapidly changing environmental conditions. Um, and so uh, that's one way I see my work a little bit more relating to what's happening outside of the lab. Yeah, well, very, very cool. All right, so you mentioned this a little bit earlier, how you know, things are always um, changing and how you love like the learning environment of working at State. So what would a normal day look like for you? Yeah, so a normal day for me is a little bit different than um, other professors um, because I'm a brand new assistant professor here. So I just started in the spring. Um, so my lab is still really small and I haven't started teaching yet. Um, but right now, I my days are typically focused on um, interacting with my lab group. So I do have, I have um, three undergrad students working on projects and I have a lab manager um, and so talking and planning projects, um, troubleshooting details of um, projects we have going. And then I'm currently working on um, grant proposals, writing papers, um, talking to my other um, colleagues here in the department and um, other departments and other universities, going to seminars, uh, reading, yeah, so it's it's a very um, fun time because I get to a lot of my job right now is to think about ideas and um, and so really trying to envision how I want my lab to go forward um, yeah. and and then uh, next semester I start teaching so I'm teaching genome sciences um, in the spring. All right, that sounds very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I'm gonna get a lot busier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which direction would you advise NC State students to take when looking for research topics? Um, I think that's a good question. So, I, I advise people to think about what interests them from their classes. I think that's a, a fairly intuitive answer. But if you if you come across something that you find really interesting from your class, talk to your professor about it. Um, ask if they uh, if they do any work in that area. If they know anyone that does any work in that area, look on our departmental websites and, and contact professors that work in those areas. Um, a lot of times people have positions um, that aren't advertised. I'd say that's probably the most common way that undergraduates come into a lab um, is just by reaching out. Um, and I think that's not always recognized. Um, so I think that's an important thing. Um, and I guess the other thing I would recommend is just being open-minded because, uh, like I said, like I thought I was going to go to med school as pre-med and I think a lot of students start out that way and partly maybe just because like me, they didn't really know what else, uh, was out there for them and what other, um, career options there were. Um, so, uh, by pursuing something you find interesting from your classes can really take you on a, on a path that can lead to a lot of different directions in the sciences. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
So as a as our final question, as we come to a close here, um, what advice do you have for aspiring biological scientists or any closing yes. words of wisdom? Mm, wisdom. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, in addition to what I just said, I think I advise people to take uh, statistics and or bioinformatics. Those are classes that, especially if you go into any research in the sciences, are really increasingly, have always been important and are increasingly important, especially some sort of computational skills. So um, being able to do coding, interact in computational environments. Um, There's so much big data now and uh, being able to analyze it yourself is really important. Other than that, I think it's not too late to do research, even when you might feel like other people have been doing it since the beginning of of their undergrad. And many people don't do it until uh, the end of undergrad or even after undergrad. I didn't do my first first lab research experience until I was a senior. And there are so many opportunities both at NC State and in this region. We have so many um, tech and biotech companies, pharmaceutical, crop sciences, NIEHS, EPA. This is such a great area for doing research. Um, so a lot of those places have summer programs as well, which I would advise. And besides that, go outside and, and experience <laughs> nature, biology and nature. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure everybody who's listening has been inspired. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join me next time when I'll be speaking with Dr. Adam Hartstone Rose in the Department of Biological Sciences. Stay curious.